Thanks for joining us today on the NateHoldridge.com podcast. Hey, from the beginning of church history, we've seen that churches vary in size from community to community. Some are comprised of thousands of people, while others may consist of 10. But among the variations, uh, there have been a variety of questions that come along with church size. How big is too big? How small is too small? In this conversation, Pastor Nate's going to help us see that church health isn't indicated by mere growth in numbers, uh, but rather by the spiritual growth within individuals and communities. Also, just want to let you know that this episode concludes this season of the NateHoldridge.com podcast. We'll take a break for the summer and then come back for the fall, and we're really looking forward to bringing you some new content then. Again, thanks for tuning in today. Enjoy the episode. We're talking about small things, spiritual things, but man, I got to ask just one quick thing. This is a big thing. Oh, yeah. Dude, you're writing a book right now. You got to tell us about this oh, book that's yeah. coming out here yeah, pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, thanks for asking. So, Let Us Hear All right. Uh, is the title of the book. It's about the seven letters that Jesus wrote to the churches in Asia Minor in Revelation 2 and 3. So highly applicational, basically mm. explaining each one of those letters. And yeah, uh, it got picked up by Crosslink Publishers, and it will release October 15th. So All right. I got a little write-up about it uh, at nateholdridge.com. If you just go there and click on books, you'll see mm. that you can see the cover for it actually already. That's a pretty, pretty sharp little cover. Okay, okay. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if every person that listens to this podcast tells five thousand of their friends <laughs> then it'll it'll really do well oh yeah that's only that'd be a great promo plan i love that <laughs> that's so rad man really looking forward to that book you went through uh that i mean so this book is coming from like a teaching series that you did right here yeah at it was uh i think it was january february 2006 uh, 17. Yeah, I think that we went through right. uh, that study. And mm -hmm. so, what I did in 2017, and I'm still doing now in 2018, is uh, for various studies that we did on Sundays, I wrote a rough draft manuscript for a book simultaneously. So, hopefully, over the next few years, there'll be a few books that come out of that. I've yeah. got a book on the the uh, Psalms of Ascent that I'm really excited about. I think I probably yeah. feel strong mm -hmm. most uh, strongly about that book. I feel like it really turned out well. So mm. uh, you can be in prayer for that. Um, that eventually I'll finish the rough draft. I still have a little bit of work to do, and then can start cleaning it up and getting it ready to maybe shop around to mm. an agent or a publisher. And then uh, same thing for Ephesians. And, uh, and then I'm currently working on a, a book that's going to be about as long as War and Peace uh, on the life of David. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, it's just doggy. huge. It's just really huge. It's just, just way too big. Nobody's going to want to read it, but I'm working on it. <laughs> oh, man, that is so cool. Well, man, we're looking forward to Let Us Hear, right? That's what it's called, Let Us Hear? That's right. All right. Not not to be confused with Let Us Hear. That, I'm sure that's a book. Let Us here <laughs> not a gardening book yeah. about lettuce this is yeah, about yeah. The, but thanks for asking yeah me. that's good cool man well we're stoked about that listener we'll keep you kind of the loop about that as that's coming um closer to the launch date but 
just so excited about that. I'm really excited. Okay, so today we're talking about this article, Nate, that you wrote called Small Doesn't Equal Spiritual. And I know in this article you're, you're kind of talking about just healthy churches, but even more than that, it seems that you're addressing some misconceptions um, when determining the health of a church in relation to the size of a church. Um, so I wanted to just kind of ask you, you know, I, I know you grew up in a home with a church planter, and so you've experienced small churches, um, bigger churches, and kind of like all the things in between, I feel like. For you growing up, what was your kind of perception of healthy church, and how did like church size play into that for you? Well, I mean, I don't think I really thought about it all that much while I was growing <laughs> up. You know, it's like, a, oh, this church seems like the right kind of size. You yeah. Know? Um, but definitely growing up, it was a smaller church, real tight-knit kind of group. And it seemed, I mean, as far as I can remember, just healthy and hmm. loving. and But always with a desire to also grow. I remember hearing one story at one point, though, about the church that I grew up in, where uh, which is the church that we are in today, which is crazy. but just a completely different iteration totally. of it. Uh, but I remember hearing a story that there was a time where the, ch- the church was meeting at 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoons, and the reason that they had such a funky, non-traditional <laughs> meeting time, yeah, you know, it's fine. You're allowed to do that. But the reason that they had that non-traditional time is because they were borrowing the Presbyterian Church in Pacific Grove's uh, building, Mayflower yeah, Church. Right. And so they were using it in the morning. So it was available for a two o'clock service, you How know, funny. so we, get, you know, we get in there, I'm sure around one o'clock, 1230, be able to start setting up a little bit and then, you know, service at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. And for most people, it was like a point of prayer, you know, like a prayer request, like yeah. God open a door for us to be able to meet again in the morning. But when a door finally did open up, there was a segment of the church that just really dug sleeping in and really dug going to church at two o'clock. And That's interesting. They, there was a, it was a small segment, but I remember being a kid. I remember as a child hearing about this small but vocal minority in the yeah, church yeah. that said, we like things the way that they are. Mm. And I remember thinking about that even just as a little guy and thought to myself, but it seems like way more people are going mm. to want to go to church at those more traditional times. So by saying that you want it at two o'clock, you yeah. seem to be saying you really don't care if the church grows or not. You just like things the way that they are. And mm. it was probably my first memory, the first <laughs> time I can remember in my life being confronted with that idea that, mm. yeah, that there is going to be that attitude in the church. I mean, as you know, people in the church always love change. I mean, everybody's excited about <laughs> Always looking forward to the next thing that's going to just... Change I mean, by, by, by definition, human beings, we have a tough time with it, oh, you know, yeah, and sure. I, I was telling the pastors recently, you know, some of the guys here, uh, that I had kind of the realization recently because our church as a growing church has changed in a lot of different yeah. ways oh, and absolutely. will continue to change in a lot of different ways. And I had the realization recently that I was having a hard time with it. You know, just personally, like, yeah, wow, yeah. this is, it's different. It's changing. It's, huh. it's being, it's 
the Lord is shaping it and molding it. Mm. So, you know, I think all of us, you know, there's something about like change that we don't like, but the, the idea of this little piece that I wrote was just the idea that, um, I think that sometimes in the body of Christ, there is this perspective that can creep in. Not everybody has this, yeah. but there's a perspective that can creep in that small, intimate churches are spiritual yeah. and larger numerically churches are carnal. And what I said in the article was I'm pastoring a church that's would be considered mid-size. So, so you ran the sweet spot. So yeah, I'm right in the sweet spot, <laughs> I guess. I guess I guess I'm able to weigh in on this. I don't know. But you know, for for me, you know, it it uh, it it really isn't about that. Mm. You know, you can I think that it's very possible for a large church to be carnal. Yeah. It's very possible mm. for a small church to be carnal. Absolutely. In fact, it might be small because they were carnal for mm. so long. Um, it's very possible, I think, for a large church to be spiritual, for a small church as well to be spiritual. I think it's important to say that and to state mm. that, you know, that God's blessing on a church isn't always reflected in the size or the yeah. scope of the yes, ministry, true. you know, mm-hmm. as far as it, the larger it is, the more of God's blessing uh, we have. I mean, there, I think there are plenty of examples of very large churches throughout the world that are so far removed from what Christ mm. intended for the church to look like and to be. So that size does not indicate blessing. So what I was thinking of in this article was just the first Corinthians two and three thing, which we actually went through recently on a Tuesday night yeah, here right. at Calvary that Paul classified a few different types of people, the natural man, which is a non-believer. Mm-hmm. So you're probably not going to have a church of that, <laughs> but the, <laughs> But, Probably not. But, but I mean, I'm sure it not happens. I mean, I know it yeah. happens. But uh, usually what you're going to have is then the second two people that Paul mentioned are spiritual people. Yeah. You know, they're spiritually discerned. They're thinking about the Lord. They're thinking about his word. They're obedient to him. And then Paul mentioned that the Corinthian church, they weren't that. They were carnal. They were mm. fleshly. So those titles, spiritual or carnal yeah. or fleshly, I've heard those thrown up, thrown Me around, too. you know, yeah. and so a lot of times the idea is of some people have is, well, a big church, that's carnal, that's fleshly, mm. small church, that's spiritual. But the point I wanted to make is uh, size is not the, the, uh, you know, way to measure hmm. a church's spirituality. Yeah. Amen. With that understanding, what do you, what do you think are signs of a healthy church or what, 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 it, what determines a healthy church? If it's not size, what would you kind of quantify as health for a church? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways to, to answer that because there's a lot of different metrics for yeah. a church. But what we try to tell people at our intro to Calvary class here, at least yeah. is that, you know, our church has a vision to see Jesus famous. And then we have, we, um, execute that vision by uh, honoring God in mm-hmm. our public worship and our personal devotion to him. Yeah. And then secondly, by nurturing believers in community and training environments. And then third, in proclaiming to the world through acts of mercy and ultimately the planning of churches. So what we tell people is, you know, the honor God in corporate worship and personal devotion, part of our mission statement 
is one metric yeah. for us. You know, are people engaging as we come together to open up publicly his word and to honor him that way? You know, like, mm-hmm. okay, there's a God who created the heaven and the heavens and the earth. And if he wanted to communicate with humanity, let's imagine how would he do so? Well, yeah. write a big book. So we're going to read his book, try to understand his book, hear what his book is telling us to do and commit to obeying his book and applying these truths into yeah. our lives together. We're going to sing to him because that's another thing that we find all throughout scripture that we're to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another. Uh, so we're going to sing to him. We're going to praise and worship his name. We're going to take communion together. We're going to serve together. We're going to financially give and be generous together. And as we do those things in that corporate, you know, not corporate like uh, Nike, yeah. but corporate like together, collective, uh, yeah. collective. Yeah. As we do that together, we are honoring God. Mm-hmm. So that's like one metric. Like, how are we doing that. there? Is yeah. that is that happening? But what we tell people at our intro to Calvary is we feel like we don't want to make the mistake of stopping there mm. in our the way that we are, are measuring how are we doing. Yeah. You know, and ultimately it's the God it's God who judges. You know, ultimately it's yeah. God who knows how we're doing. So then we look at community and training. Mm-hmm. Are people engaging with one another? I was just telling a guy the other day about um I was running on our rec trail locally and uh, a guy came running up next to me who is, he and his wife are in the military and they're getting ready to move yeah. away. And so we were just kind of having a little goodbye conversation together. Cool, yeah. And as and he was just sharing with me about the friendships, the connections, the mm-hmm. people that they got to know while they were here. And for them, at least it happened through uh, the life group ministry mm-hmm. here in the church. So we were talking about that. And as, as we were sharing with each other, I just thought, you know, one of the things that makes me happiest mm-hmm. as a pastor is when I look out and I see mm-hmm. a large group of people that are just so clearly like it, knowing and loving and caring for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, Amen. like I just love yeah, that. It makes me, me so happy, yeah. you know, to see that because life is nuts and stuff's going to happen. Oh. And, <clears throat> you know, Pastor Nate, it, it just, there's no way that I'm going to be able to be the personal friend, counselor, prayer warrior, uh, support, babysitter, uh, loan officer. Like I can't. <laughs> be all those things yeah. that we need a community for, you know? And so I just love that. So I, we always say that's another metric like that. How, what percentage of those people that are engaging in our, uh, larger gathering on the weekend, what percentage of those people are getting together in some form of a smaller environment, whether it's serving or a life group you know, or a training thing, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what, how many people are getting into that smaller environment? And then, and then the last one would be, how are we doing when it goes, when it comes to evangelism and outreach and planning churches and, and all of that, has that dried up for us? Do we need to get Mm -hmm. stronger in that area? And so I always tell people that's our kind of like our ultimate 
metric, you know, that yeah. we're sending people out. We're trying to support people who are going out, yeah. which is hard to do and difficult in this day and age. But, um, you know, so those are some signs of health Heck yeah. that we have tried to hold to here, you know, but really, I mean, that, that the big thing is, is, is the community hearing the word, mm -hmm. loving the word, yep. growing in the word, believing the word and you know is the community centered around that you know yeah. so like what you're doing with the young adult ministry in the church you know same kind of thing you know you've got folks coming together scripture is like that centerpiece right which is is not really scripture as a centerpiece but is god as he has communicated to yes. us in the scripture as the centerpiece like we're Amen, fussing man. over him as we're fussing over his word mm. and it's the same thing you know like how is this community doing like it's easy to get you know a bunch of people together around pizza food yep. entertainment music even a worship environment yeah, but true. can you get them together around scripture around god listening obeying mm -hmm. wanting to grow in that's him it. you know so i think that's a that's a real huge thing heck yeah man i, I love those i th those areas of health I, I totally agree with that do you think that a church that's healthy in those areas like just thinking about like that big church small church kind of concept and maybe maybe something's like more spiritual or carnal whatever if a church is healthy and showing signs like that do you think it's cool for a church to pursue like kind of big church things i'm thinking about like like the big sound system or like videos and kind of things that are more like high production that you see with the bigger church and at the same time, do you think it's okay for a healthy church to pursue like kind of smaller things, like to maybe not even do that kind of stuff? Sure. It, sure. Are, are either of those things kind of like, are they more as optional, you think? As it, like if you think about a healthy church, they don't have to have either small church qualities or big church qualities, I yeah. guess. So when you're talking to me, you're talking to a guy who is a, a like a, a big part of my DNA, a big part of what I believe about God and his word and the way that he works on the earth and in his church and amongst the varying nations that have existed in the 2000 years since Jesus mm -hmm. ascended to the right hand of the father. You're talking to a guy who really believes in freedom. Yeah. Amen. Very It's a very serious part of the way that I view the world and the church. Mm -hmm. So I can even, I've, I've oftentimes been in a room and in conversations with people who have, a super hardcore perspective on exactly what the church should look like. Mm -hmm. And I'm down with their vision and I'm down with what they see, how they'd like things to work. The only thing I'm not down with is the exclusivity yeah, and the, right. the narrow view that they have. I'm happy for them to exist. I don't think that what I'm doing or the way that we're operating is the only or exclusive mm -hmm. way to operate. But I think the Lord has designed it that way uh, because of all the various cultures, people, oh, yeah. groups, types of people on earth, uh, times, seasons, nations. All of these things have to be taken into consideration when establishing a body of believers. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big like freedom guy. So when it comes to like things like your question, you know, like, yeah, there's so much freedom of expression in the body of Christ. You know, one of the things that sometimes bugs me about a lot of the music that is coming out of the church right now is that because 
I think over the last 30 years in the United States, there's been the growth of larger churches. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be a church was a thousand people strong. It was just a, it was a mega church. It was right. unheard of, mm-hmm. you know, and now uh, for a lot of people, that's not, that's like a small church, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a smaller size church, um, which is not the case. I mean, it still would be like in the, I don't know, 90 fifth percentile or something like that but it's just the perception because so many people are attending larger churches or have attend like churches with two three thousand people in them or more so because that's the case and because churches like that can have resources and to be honest a lot of times those resources like the sound system stuff like that that you mentioned they cost just as much fractionally as as a church that's small would have with a little janky um, mm. sound system. Yeah. You know, it's just per person yep. paying for that sound system. It's just not as big of a cut as, you know, a church that's got 30, 40 people in it totally. that have to foot the bill for a little sound system for their Sunday gathering. Anyways, side trail, rabbit trail. <laughs> um, the thing that I was going to say is because of those big resources, what you have a lot of times are songs and, and, uh, lyrics that are written for a anthem style large group experience and it's just terrible to sing them with like 20 people yeah just terrible and it takes a lot of musical like talent and ability to even scale back the song Mm. to be able to be sung and maybe at a lower register or with just one instrument or with a smaller group of people. And sometimes they just should never be sung in the first place in that kind of environment. It's like they only work in an arena totally, you know, kind of thing. Totally. So that's just a side kind of deal. I guess what, what were we talking about? Just that, yeah, I think there's all kinds of freedom with the mm, way that these different churches can operate and look and feel and all of that. And I think there's a way to, to be the church that has, you know, large, well-produced, you know, worship and stuff like that. There's a way to do that that's carnal. And there's yeah. a way to do that that's spiritual. Totally. There's a way to do that that's going to burn out every person that's involved. And they're going to be disillusioned over time and just disappointed and frustrated and all of that. And then there's a way to do it where it's sweet and it's beautiful and yeah. people feel you know really included and and important to the process and you know are you know feeling really good about it. i i think about the way that pastor brenton you know leads worship here mm-hmm. in this church and just the the team that he cultivates the way that he teaches them leads them in the word a little bit prays together with them supports them you know it's it's a large group of people to yeah. keep track of and totally. minister to but when they come into that ministry it's it's a pretty tight knit kind of group you know a real family kind of feel it doesn't come across like it's a hokey small you know family kind of vibe up on the platform Mm -hmm. you know as if brenton said like you know it doesn't matter that you can't even Mm -hmm. really play half the song don't worry about it what really matters is your heart (laughs) like he doesn't say stuff like that he does want the heart he knows that that's what matters but he also says you know your heart's going to express itself and getting yourself ready to be able to play. I'm counting on you to be able to do this. Um, But I think you could also lead the same kind of ministry, same kind of style in a way that, you know, really is is done in a carnal kind of way, Mm -hmm. self glory, attention on the self, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, 
I think there's, like I said, freedom for different churches to operate in different kinds of ways. That's a good word, man. I think there's a lot of pressure sometimes for a pastor to see a certain style of church to then appear like they're healthy. But I love the, gosh, just bringing it back to the real health. Like, what does that look like? It looks like honoring God, seeing Christians nourished in their faith, seeing the gospel proclaimed. It's not in the big lights or anything like that. Although you can use those things in a healthy church. It's not just stripping all that away um, for the sake of appearing more spiritual or anything yeah, either. It's absolutely. Just, yeah, it's all about um, seeing God really glorified in churches. I love that. To kind of wrap this up, Nate, um, like you said, the smaller churches are more prominent in America than larger churches. I forget the exact number, but most churches are under a thousand for sure. Um, I know. I think the average church is has seventy five people. Is in that it? it? Yeah, seventy five. So a lot of smaller churches here in America. Um, maybe you speak to pastors for a moment. Maybe have pastors listening, and they've been going through a time where they're feeling discouraged because they want to see a bigger church, more more people there, um, more things happening. How would you encourage them to continue pastoring their church into health and not looking at small, big, yada, yada, yada? Yeah, I think it's, as a so as a leader, a thing that I would encourage leaders in or pastors that are leading in their churches in is leading how, how whatever your polity is whatever the the way that your church is organized ho- however it's organized try to be a voice of f- uh, flexible moderation what i mean mm-hmm. by that is you know as you think about the future i think one of the things that can really hurt a church is when the church gets set up in a way to where they have to have x number of people mm-hmm. in the in the fellowship and that can lead to a lot of disappointment so it's nice to to have a lower overhead than a higher Mm -hmm. overhead obviously there's times where you got to make a big step of faith or something like that but i think being content with you know i think retaining flexibility is really important Mm -hmm. so you know i i to to put your church in a situation where the mortgage is just crazy or you know something like that where growth has to happen as a result that that can be tough you know Mm. obviously there are times where you do need to take like i said a step of faith just don't go through that alone you know go through that with your leadership team but think long and hard about that you know because i i think that in the future you know 10 20 years the churches are gonna get smaller for a I think a lot of reasons, but I think the two big reasons will be that church will be less popular. Mm. Uh, you know, I hate to say that, but I think that that's going to happen. And at least in the culture that I'm in, I think mm. church will get less popular. And then also I think uh, less popular with younger people mm. and they're the ones coming up, yeah, you know, right. so as the church ages, you know, so I, I think, you know, kind of setting a, a, uh, not moderate in a like we don't have any faith kind mm-hmm. of goal, but moderate in the sense of you know this this seems right, good. Or the way we say it here is the mixture of faith and faithfulness. Like That's how good. can we how can we walk through that? We still want to have faith, but we also want to be faithful. And then 
that's just for the future and the way that guys are leading and stuff like that. But, um, you know, the thing I would say to guys that are pastoring a church that isn't as big as they'd like it to be, or isn't as maybe another way to say it that, that isn't so, you know, numbers fleshy sounding is fruitful. That's what people are looking for, right? That's what you want is to be impactful, to make, to make disciples, to bear fruit in people's lives. Uh, for guys who are pastoring churches that aren't as fruitful as they want them to be, I would just say like, welcome to the club. (laughs) You know, like who is pastoring a church that is as fruitful as they wanted it to be? (laughs) There's just, that's just the way it is. You know, we, we are up against the world, Mm. the flesh and the devil. We're up against a lot of carnality and a lot of people. We're up against a lot of weird doctrines. We're up against people's sinful tendencies and we're up against our own, lame limitations you know it's not like you know what what you think you're like the best pastor (laughs) in the world you know like we're up against all that so i think in a sense just like you know realizing Mm. that's a constant that's a constant tension yeah that any servant of the lord i think is up against but what 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 i'm always trying to shoot for is okay i know that tension is going to be there I know it's going to exist. I know I'm never going to, even in like our hottest seasons of ministry, you know, where stuff is just happening, stuff's going really well. Even in those moments, it's not hard for me to imagine what it would look like if it was going better. Totally. You know? Totally. So what you have to do is get a realistic perspective. Like if you think Mm -hmm. the moment's going to come where ministry is so fruitful that like every marriage in your church is healthy, Forget about it. That's yeah. heaven. You're thinking about heaven. That's your heaven is not going to happen here. So, you know, there's going to be messes and problems and difficulties like that. It's just going to exist. So get a more realistic perspective. Also, uh, figure out how to get the right version of that tension inside mm. of you. So if for me, if the tension gets into a bad spot of like, Oh, I just want it to be bigger. Uh, that makes me, you know, because pastors like anybody can find their significance in what they do. Yeah. So if totally. it's I'm I'm finding my significance in how large a church is or something like that, you know, that's a bad tension. You don't want that. You need to repent of that, confess that to the Lord and the people in your life, and mm-hmm. get your heart clean. But there's a good tension too. Just you know. Yeah, I praise the Lord. I'm thankful for what's happening, mm. and I pray for more fruit. Amen. That is the better version, I think, of that tension. So, you know, I, any guy out there that's pastoring a church of 75, 150, mm-hmm. 25, 2,000, like I love all those guys, you know, that to me, they're all impressive, doing what they do, laying down their lives, and, you know, just I think the world of them, you know, we, we each year get together with a handful. Oh, sorry. Get together with a handful of pastors. You know, sometimes a dozen or so, and their wives. And you know, some of them are, are pastoring church, pastoring churches that people would consider large, but most of them are pastoring churches that people would consider mid-sized or smaller-sized. And you know, I hear the stories of what these guys are doing, the way that they're pastoring, 
And I just, I think these guys are absolutely amazing. They're just total heroes to me. Mm. So just keep plugging away. You know, it's like the people that you're serving and caring for and ministering to, you know, hopefully they want the church to grow. Hopefully they want to reach as many people as possible with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But on the other hand, they don't care. They want you to minister to them. They're not looking at you like, oh, you know, he's just not that good because the church isn't twice as big as it is right now. They just want you to be their pastor and to love them and care for them and to serve them. So do it. Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. For more articles and resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com and search the archives. All of his articles are there. And while you're online, please share an episode of this podcast with a friend. We would love to see this podcast get into as many hands and ears as possible. And as always, tune in next week for a brand new episode from this show. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.